Welcome to the I Am Adamant podcast, where we are wanting to find truth in a universe of opinions. I'm Lisa Bevere, and today I am joined by Autumn Lindsay. Now, I don't know whether you know Autumn Lindsay, but if you don't, you need to. She is only 17 years of age, but she is already making an impact to change the world. She works for Students for Life of America, and she is actually their student spokesperson. She has had this opportunity to speak at the Life National Conference in D.C. in front of over 2,000 young people. She spoke at Creation Fest, sharing Jane Rose's story, and you're going to have to tell me a little bit about that. Visited the White House to discuss pro-life movement with Vice President Mike Pence and his wife and attended the 2018 March for Life. But I want to talk about the beginning of this journey. It all started last year when Autumn saw Teen Vogue's support of abortion. They were talking about different things, about gifts to give people that are post-abortive. And she posted about this, this brilliant, articulate rebuttal, and it went viral on Facebook. So I kind of just wanted to have Autumn as a young girl. She's 17. I'm 57. So there's a big age gap there speak about the whole idea of what she's adamant about and that she's adamant for life. So Autumn, go ahead and share a little bit of your story. Hi. Um, So like you said, um, this all started when I made a rebuttal video to a Teen Vogue article talking about abortion. Um, You know, before that, I've always been pro-life. My mom is very pro-life. We are a family, actually. Um, My mom's a very outspoken, passionate person. So it's something that that I grew up with. Um, But it wasn't, again, until this article that I saw, um, and it stuck out to me because I remember thinking, there are going to be hundreds of girls who read this, and it's slowly going to desensitize them to the horror of abortion. Mm -hmm. So really, my, my, my plan in this, in making that video, wasn't necessarily to you know, kind of create a voice for myself in the pro-life movement, but other than just to be a voice on behalf of other teen girls to say that this is not okay. uh, And this is not something that we are going to support. So it was very sudden. My, my sister actually kind of jokingly said that I should, you know, make a response video. And so we found equipment and we were able to do that. Um, And then beforehand, I actually was not working with uh, students for life, which is the organization I'm with now. Uh, But we reached out to them with the video after we had filmed it, asking them if they were interested. Um, and then from there, you know, a partnership with them began. And that's what's you know, given me the opportunity to travel and speak and, you know, have discussions with, you know, Vice President Mike Pence talking about the pro-life movement. Um, so through all of this, I've seen a lot of growth um, and a lot of inspiration just from other people in the pro-life movement who have been fighting for years um, for this cause because it's so important. Um, so I love to see other young people speaking out because I do believe this is the most important issue in our culture today. You know, when I was working on my book, Adam at Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, um, you know, I had something happen, Autumn, which that really, it actually, I immediately thought of you, but, um, you know, God is a God of love. He is not a God just of love. He is, is love. But there are things that God hates 
And one of the things, again, things, not people, things that God hates is hands that shed innocent blood. And when you actually begin to research that from Proverbs 6, you cannot get away from this whole idea of infant side, whether it was abortive or whether they actually just sacrificed the children after they were born, after sexual orgies, the worship practices. And I was just so uh, moved that that this is something that we've just kind of accepted for a really long time. And it's gotten more and more aggressive. Why did you not just say, yeah, that's bad and and turn the page? Like, I, I love that you said you wanted to be a voice for the young people, but but what what was the turning point from where this went to just, yeah, this is bad to this is going to be a mandate on my life? I think one of the biggest issues that has come about is because we've been fighting for this for so long, like you said, people are getting used to it and they're hearing you know, that, you know, abortion is mm-hmm. happening every day, but it gets to the point where we feel like we can't do anything. But I think that that's false. And I think that when we start to believe that, that's when uh, we lose ground in this movement. But I think there are a lot of young people that do keep fighting regardless, you know, of that kind of block that sometimes we hit that we can't do this. Uh, but for me, I think the turning point was just to know that even if there was one girl that was affected by the video or needed to hear that, uh, then that was all I needed. It wasn't, you know, something that I needed to, you know, go viral and have millions of people see. It was just that even if I had affected one person for me, that that was enough because I think that especially teen Vogue, uh, they target young people on purpose because they know that if now in middle school and high school, they start, you know, telling them that abortion is no big deal and it's okay. And, you know, it's a good alternative to when you find yourself in a situation like that, that when they're, you know, later in high school or however old they are, when they find themselves in a situation with unplanned pregnancy, where are they going to go? They're going to go to Planned Parenthood who told them, you know, when they came into their schools that this is what you do. Uh, So I just wanted to make sure that there were teens out there that know that, that's not the alternative, you know, and there are other options, you know, there's adoption or, um, you know, organizations that are dedicated to helping women um, walk through them with their pregnancy to know that they're supported. Did you ever hear back from Teen Vogue? I did not. So we, um, you know, the video went pretty big and we saw a lot of, you know, kind of responses of, you know, asking questions of whether or not Teen Vogue did see the video. Uh, there's one video that we actually did hear back from. I did a video on this organization called NERCS, and it's essentially a way for teen girls to get cheap birth control online without their parents knowing. They make it in a, you know, a discreet little box. You know, you just kind of fill out a questionnaire and they send you what they think is needed for you. Um, and we actually did get a response from them basically just saying that there's a teen girl attacking their, their services. But Teen Vogue specifically, we never heard back from. Wow, that's disappointing. So what has been your biggest challenge with taking this on? I think that in a way, I was a little unprepared for the response because um, I'm still in school. I compete in speech and debate. Uh, you know, just life in general is very busy. Um, so adding this on at first, it was a lot. And oftentimes I'm, I think to myself, I don't know if I can keep doing this, but I do think it's worth it. Um, And if I was to accommodate my schedule for something 
it's absolutely going to be the pro-life movement um, and making time to, you know, write these video scripts um, and be able to, you know, speak at conferences. Um, And also the backlash too at first was difficult. You know, I was just kind of dipping my feet into the pro-life movement and, uh, you know, the comments and the, you know, the responses and there was blog posts and all kinds of things just about how, you know, because I'm young, I have no voice in this movement and then I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. So you're not finding people that are still making up their mind? Uh, There are people, a lot of people kind of what they say is, I think that it should be up to the woman and I'm just not going to say anything. That's usually what I found. If somebody is going to be in the middle, that's kind of where they stand. Um, And of course, there are people that are just kind of learning about what it is, figuring out kind of where they stand, but there are a lot of pro-choice people. So what would be something you would say that someone could do that's listening to this to be constructive, to get educated, to to move forward and and be part of being pro-life? I think that as a young person, uh, the best way to get involved would be through Students for Life. Um, So briefly, what Students for Life does uh, is they're one of the largest pro-life organizations um, in the United States. And what they do is they create pro-life groups on middle school, high school, and college campuses. Uh, So they help these students. They're student-led, but they they help these students um, form these groups, um, give them resources in order to have a voice on their college campus. Uh, So they'll help students, uh, you know, host events. Uh, such as, you know, the abortion is violent display, and they'll send them resources so that they are able to host that on their college campus. Um, I think that's one of the best ways because it gives young people a platform, um, as also it gives them support so that they're not doing it alone. Uh, But other ways would be to, um, you know, just go and pray outside of your local Planned Parenthood. Uh, Reach out to your local pregnancy center. Um, you know, find out if there's resources that they need. Oftentimes they take donations for baby clothes or diapers or formula uh, for the women in your community, as well as just talking about the issue is another way. Um, You know, just making sure that it's something that you discuss uh, and that it's on your radar um, is going to be something really important so that, you know, you're kind of in on what's happening um, as well as finding ways to get involved. So would, what was the reaction of your local, local community? So you were in high school. Were you homeschooled or were you actually in a school setting where people were reacting to what you had posted? I am homeschooled. I've been homeschooled my entire life. Um, so, uh, but I compete in a speech and debate league, which is a homeschool speech and debate league. Um, and I had a tournament three days after we posted the video. Uh, so it was right when everything was happening. I mean, I was having like four to five interviews a day and just, you know, the craziness of the fact that the video, I think at that point had about 1.5 million views. Um, so I remember walking in and people would just, they'd come up to me and be like, what happened? I didn't even know you were doing this. When did this start? You're like, I didn't know I was doing it. Yes. Um, but the reaction was very positive and, you know, just the people that were around me were very supportive. Um, yeah, I didn't really have any at least in my community or my group of people, really any negative responses. Um, It was just amazing. I mean, even thinking back to that time, it was just so crazy um, because it was so abrupt. So a lot of the responses were just 
a little bit of confusion. Didn't see it coming, uh, but very supportive. Well, I think you're a courageous young woman. And I love that you actually just moved on that. Like you and your sister having a conversation like, hey, maybe we should do this. And then just doing it. And and who knows how many lives have been saved because you actually had this conversation. And, and the reasoning, you know, it was just so, the article was... It was, it was almost, can I just say stupid? I'm like, really? When, when you were unpacking and refuting the different things, I know I posted it to my Facebook and a lot of people had reactions to it. And most of them were applauding you. Of course, I've always got a few people mean on Facebook, but, but the majority of my people were like, yes. And they were so thankful that a young woman decided to just speak up. And I think sometimes that's all we have to do is just decide we're going to speak up. And, you know, sometimes that means 10 people here and sometimes that means 10,000 here and sometimes that means 10 million here. But when we we're just obedient, then God does something amazing with it. And so I just I really wanted to applaud you, Autumn, for your courage. And, you know, I, I love that you you were undaunted that you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this and I'm going to be this and I'm in the middle of school. This isn't necessarily a convenient time, but this is something that is worthy of my time and my attention right now. And you are very articulate. You, you're, we are all like, she's so amazing. I like, I travel and speak all the time and I don't think I'm as articulate as you. You just did a beautiful job. Can you tell me a little bit about the Jane Rose story? It was actually interesting because so I started to research about her and find out about her life before all of this Teen Vogue video. Um, So that year, uh, the previous year for Speech and Debate, I wrote a speech, a 10-minute speech on the story of Jane Roe. Um, And she was, of course, the woman in Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court case that legalized abortion. Um, Her real name was Norma McCorvey. Uh, And briefly what her story was is, you know, she was just a young girl that was pregnant and, you know, kind of the lawyers of the case kind of forced her to be used um, as their poster child for this case. Uh, The interesting part was she never had an abortion, uh, which most people don't actually know. She ended up giving up for adoption. So there is a 40-year-old person on earth that doesn't know that she is Jane Rowe's child, uh, which is amazing and incredible. But so she never had an abortion. um, And then later in her life, she um, carried a lot of regret and shame and depression, uh, but she found the love of Jesus uh, and she became saved and she became pro-life. And, you know, towards the end of her life, she was very dedicated uh, to speaking up um, and making people aware of her story uh, to advocate for life. So, I mean, it was just an incredible testimony of this woman who was the poster child for abortion in America uh, and became pro-life and, you know, spoke about her experience. Um, she passed away a little over a year ago. Um, but, I mean, her life is just an amazing testimony. And so I wrote a speech on her, and then I was actually able to use that speech um, at speaking at conferences, I, I gave that speech at Creation Fest um, on the stage. And so her story was very dear to my heart. Um, we were actually in the pursuit of finding her. We wanted to meet her, uh, but sadly she passed away. So she's one of the people that I'm hoping to, you know, meet in heaven. And, you know, just, I adore her and I love her story. And, you know, she makes me so proud of, you know, these people that are able to use their terrible situations um, as a way to bring God glory and make other people aware of their situation to know that 
there is hope. Um, and that, you know, even something after like that, because she carried so much regret for the things that she did. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not hope and redemption even in situations like that. And having said that, you're also, I love that you point people to, uh, is it Rachel's Vineyard, that they can actually get healing if they're post-abortive and, and they've, you know, that that you're not just about, oh, don't do it, don't do it. Oh, bad person, you did it. You're actually, you're wanting people to experience healing full, full cycle. And um, and I, I love that that's also part of your heart to see that redemptive part of it. And, you know, we know that so many, sadly, church girls get abortions because they're so afraid of being shunned and the shame. And um, I really, really want that to change. I want the church to be pro-life on every single uh, aspect, not just during election years. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. I've always been pro-life. I was raised Catholic. But um, in the last few years, being more outspoken about it, not because I didn't care about it before, but just uh, it's just the enemy has just gotten so horrific with it. I mean, it's always been bad, but, you know, I even you probably already knew this, but when I was researching for my book, I found this um, I found that there's a a, a line of thought Mm -hmm. that is actually a sacred ritual. I don't know if you saw that, but I mean, like the women's sacred ritual of abortion. And I was just, I couldn't believe how, um, like how much they had woven it into, you know, demonic practices and, and trying to spiritualize this and, and that it would be something that you do. And, you know, I, I work, walked alongside of a girl who had three consecutive abortions. She's a Harvard graduate, smart girl. And I kept telling her, you are going to continue to replace these babies that you killed the one time. You, you, you're trying to replace it. And it's, you know, if you don't get born again, there's just not, there's not going to be hope. She wanted me to take one of the babies, which I said she would, but the third one she actually miscarried on because right. you, you can't have that many abortions and, and hold, hold life after a while. But yeah, and I've seen more and more of my friends actually coming forward and having their stories and sharing their stories. Someone I had known for, I want to say 25 years recently, just I was at a conference and she was speaking on it and she just opened up and shared how she'd had an abortion before she was a Christian. And um, because of that, she was only able to have one child and that one child was actually a miracle. And she said, hey, if you're here, and she did an altar call for women who had abortions and Autumn, I was completely stunned by how many women at this Christian women's conference had come down for having abortions. I just, I couldn't believe it. Right. Well, one of the stories is that if Christians stopped having abortions, the abortion industry would fall. Are you serious? There are, I mean, there are so many women, uh, especially young girls that grow up in very Christian homes who find themselves with an unplanned pregnancy and they can't go to their, you know, their Christian families or their father's a pastor, they're involved in the church. And so they get an abortion uh, because that for them is less scary than coming forth and, you know, making people aware, church family, knowing all of this. And so, yeah, it is so tragic. But um, You've seen the stat that the number one cause of death for African-Americans is abortion. Yeah. In uh, New York, there are more black babies aborted than there are born. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I, I, um, I had no idea that that stat existed. I was at the Jesus Culture Conference, and there was a woman that came in and spoke, and she was getting ready to abort 
I believe it was her third baby and her grandfather had a word of knowledge and and called her and said, are you pregnant? And she said, I am. And he said, please don't kill my grandchild. Please don't kill my grandchild. And, um, and, and she was like, Oh, it was actually her father. I'm sorry. And she was like, Oh my gosh. And she's, he said, what are you doing? And she, she's like stepped back from it a couple years later and realized she was paying people to murder her babies. She was like, I, I just stepped back and I thought I am paying people to kill my children. And she is now married to the man that she was, uh, they got married and now she is a pro-life advocate and, but she's, she's a black woman and she is, just pleading with the African American community, like, do you understand what we're doing? And uh, mm-hmm. I, I was in shock. I had no idea that 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 was the, some of the stats. So, yeah, it's horrifying. I heard a testimony from this woman recently at a conference, and she grew up in a Christian home, and she found herself in an unplanned pregnancy, and she just couldn't tell her family. So she went to get the abortion. You know, they went in, they pull her into a back room. They don't show you the ultrasound of the baby because they know that statistically if a woman sees the ultrasound, they're more likely to keep the baby. So Planned Parenthood hides the ultrasound on purpose, Uh, but they do it. You know, they confirm that she's pregnant and she goes back in to take the pill. Um, And the way that it works is they give you two pills. One you take in the clinic and the second one you take uh, at home. I think it's 72 hours later. So she takes the first pill and she was sitting in her car and she realized that it was her baby and that she did not want to abort it. Um, And so she was actually, she called people around. I mean, it's a long story, but she was able to reverse the abortion. Wow. Actually an option now, which most people don't know. There's something called the abortion reversal pill. And if you're able to catch somebody soon enough um, before they take the second pill and soon enough after they take the first, I think it's within you know, 24 to 72 hours, there's a pill that actually reverses the effect of the first pill and it can save your baby. Wow. So there are that have taken the pill, realized that it's their child, regretted it, um, and been able to save their baby with, you know, little or no effects to the child. Wow. So, I mean, wow. more people need to be aware that that is real and it's an option. So there's women that actually kind of, you know, they stand outside of Planned Parenthood and they see women coming out. Tell them about it. Right. They talk to them, they tell them about it. And, you know, there are babies that have been saved because of that. That's awesome. I had no idea that was even, I don't think I even knew that you took a pill and then had an abortion. I just thought you went in and had the abortion. I didn't even know there was a preliminary pill. I had no idea. Right. There's several different abortion procedures. There's surgical abortions where they actually remove the child. But if it's early enough in the pregnancy, there's the, the abortion pill, which is very popular because it's kind of Unfortunately, it's very easy. Um, I mean, you still have to, you know, pass the child, unfortunately, and that is, you know, terrible. But yeah, that's the way a lot of women do it now. Wow. I had no idea. So it's not a surgical procedure. It's just the two pills? Uh, Yeah. So if it's early enough, then they can do the pill. If the child is developed further Mm -hmm. along, they do, you know, there's the suction abortion, surgical, and then there's saline abortions. I mean, Right. All of them are horrific. They're all horrific, yeah. There are several different ways that they can do it. All right. Well, thank you so much. Your dad's texting me saying, how did it go? How did it go? And I just told him you're brilliant. So uh, you are so loved, Autumn. I love that your dad is so proud of you. <laughs> he's definitely he's supportive. <laughs> uh, your family is, is amazing. You just got a, a little brother, didn't you? Yes. 
We adopted for the second time. Uh, he yes. is nine years old. Yes. Knox. He doesn't speak any English. <laughs> He's but, adorable. Yeah, we love him. He's fun. He calls me Otter. He calls you what? Otter. He can't pronounce my name yet, so it's Otter. <laughs> that's uh, and then he calls my old younger brother Chase, Chase. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, the whole Lindsay family is very much loved by the Bevere family. We love your mom and we love your dad. They just have been phenomenal people. I met your dad, I want to say like two decades ago, we were both speaking at a conference and, and uh, we just talked and talked on this airplane and just have had a connection with your family ever since. And you guys have been an incredible blessing uh, to our organization and just helping us to, to really facilitate things around scripture. And just, it's just fun doing life with the Lindsay family and and uh, we just are so excited about Knox. And when we saw the Lincoln Log pictures, and he's it seems like he's going to just maybe one day just all start speaking full on sentences. Maybe he'll just like, he's taking it all in right now. Hey, I really want people to be able to connect with you. So um, I've got different options. If you want to know more about what Autumn is doing, if you want to have your young people inspired by her, I, actually every age is, should be inspired, but you can check out her website, Autumn Lindsay, and it's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y dot life. Facebook is Autumn for Life, and Instagram is Autumn, and then it's, uh, what is that called? Underscore S-F-L-A. So I really want you to connect with Autumn. Autumn, you know, I just, I love what you're doing, and I just want to close in prayer. Father, I just thank you for Autumn. I thank you for her life. I thank you that she's an advocate. I thank you that this is just a beginning, Father, that her voice will begin to have more weight and more influence. Father, I thank you that you will just strategically place her where she needs to be placed. Father, I thank you for protection. I thank you for favor. I thank you for resources on her. And Father, right now, I just join my heart with Autumn and those women out there that they feel like they have no place to go. Those young girls that are afraid, Father, I thank you that you would actually just arrest them in their moments and they would know, Father, that as they honor you, that you're going to honor their life with fullness and that they would have the courage to choose life. And then I also pray for those women who have made the horrific choice that they felt like they had no other choice and they they aborted their children and now they are feeling so much shame and so much regret Father, I thank you that you are not only a forgiver, but you are a healer. And I thank you that you will bring them into a community, Father, that they can have those, those uh, pain and the shame of that washed away by the blood of Jesus. And I thank you for new beginnings for all of us. And Father, I thank you for Autumn. And Autumn, thank you so much for giving me so much of your time today. I know that you've got a lot on your plate with school and your little brother and then everything you're doing for advocating for students for life. And I, again, I, I want to encourage people, you want to do something on your campus, whether it's high school or college, you can get involved. And so check them out. If you want to learn more about the book, Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, go ahead and check out IamAdamant.com. Autumn, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And give my love to your parents and just your sweet knocks. Yes. All right. Well, I'll let you go. You have an amazing day. You too. Hey, I want you to subscribe because when you subscribe, we can get everything to you right away. We'd also love to see you rate and review this podcast and share it with your friends. To learn more about the book, Adamant, Finding Truth in a Universe of Opinions, check it out at I Am Adamant dot com.